Deer Trucking Awesome. What do you think of when someone says tough? Honestly, I think of a Toyota truck. Tundra's one mean mother of a truck with a twin turbo V6, an incredible going power, and the Tacoma claws through terrain with a taller suspension and lots of creature comforts in the cockpit. Both Toyota trucks are decked out with tons of cool features and tech you'll dig. Check them out at toyota.com, folks. Visit your front range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, AJ, and Evan back with you to talk a little bit more about free agency. Maybe talk a little bit about destinations in the NHL. I've gotten a lot of questions over the last few days talking about why did this player go there or why did team players want to go to this team or that team. So we'll get into that at some point. But obviously the big news surrounding the NHL for the last couple of days has been Matt Kachuk. And at at this point, it seems all but confirmed that he's going to get moved out of Calgary one way or another. I guess my first question is, how did we get here? Is this really just down to Johnny Gaudreau wanting out or is there more going on? I mean, I think it's been unlike with the Goudreau situation. I think it's been obvious the entire time Makachuk didn't want to stay long-term in Calgary. His first, the, his post-ELC contract with the Flames was like a war. Like, it was it was brutal, man. And then he only, you know, he only got that couple-year deal. So it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, you know, they got the long-term commitment they were looking out of him. They got a couple of years, and it was like, okay, they've got to make these couple of years work, or else this whole era might get blown up, and that's where we are today. Yeah, it seems. I mean, he coming off your LC when you're already kind of a star player, and not getting a long-term deal, not getting the commitment, and not really wanting to agree to a long-term deal is kind of a sign that maybe he doesn't want to be there long-term. So it's not a huge surprise, and then. You know, when your team takes you to arbitration, that's a whole whole different can of worms that you don't really see, especially at that caliber of player. Yeah, that team filed arbitration has to be like one of the rarest things in the NHL, right? It's so rare. Happens. Yeah. Yeah, so. so it's it's a team being it's a team basically saying this relationship is dead. Yep. Um we're either just trying to get one last contract out of this sucker, like with O'Reilly, or we're buying time and moving yeah, on. Just to just to get him out at, at a certain point. So yeah. it is it's an interesting spot. Obviously, Kachuk being a hundred point scorer last season. I'm trying to think of the last time someone that high profile actively wanted to to move on from his team obviously you have a guy like Gaudreau but you know he pushed it all the way to free agency before he decided to move on from Calgary so I can't really remember the last guy to demand a trade essentially like this at this point in their careers I'm sure there is one that I just can't Jack Eichel. yeah I, I guess that's fair I guess that's fair um 
out of Buffalo is, is usually the correct answer there, I guess. Uh, is Sam Reinhardt? <laughs> is, is, is Reinhardt really on the same level? I guess he's not that far off. Yeah, I mean, he got to that next deal. Yep. Uh, he was an RFA, and he was like, please, Buffalo. Please. Please move me. <laughs> so... But not as high profile as Makachuk. I mean, Makachuk coming up a hundred point season. So uh, the problem here for Calgary is if they're moving Matt Kachuk, do they just have to blow it up? Do they just have to go full rebuild, or is there is there a path to competitiveness losing Gaudreau and Kachuk in the same offseason? I think what makes the Flames unique and uh, the answer to your question difficult is that their two best players were Matt Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. They were built down the wing with solid centers. Like they made it, they ended up getting to where they wanted to be at center uh, with a couple of different guys that, that can do the job there, but their strength is at wing. And even without those two guys, uh, you know, assuming that Matt Kachuk gets them a little homie on the couch back there. Uh, assuming that Matt Kachuk gets them at least one NHL forward in return, it's probably they, they should really target a center, but that is kind of what makes them kind of an odd uh, duck in terms of their success is that they were built through multiple wings being their best guys, but they were good enough down the middle uh, to, to, to be, you know, still be really good. So I, I think it's a tough question. I think it's a, it's a, it's a tough team to approach. It almost does seem like they're headed for that after a great season headed back to that dreaded Calgary zone. So they're just <laughs> in the mushy middle there. Yeah. And they have good players and I think if Daryl Sutter sticks around, we've seen that he can get a lot out of maybe not as much. Um, losing Gaudreau to free agency is just a massive blow, but with Kachuk you're at least hoping you can get a good young player that's going to step in immediately. Um, that might help. You know, he's not going to be Matt Kachuk. It's not going to be a hundred point player, but it's going to help soften the blow a little bit there, but it's tough. That is a really bad division. So who knows what could happen? Like they could still realistically be a pretty decent team there too. All right. So both of you seem to be on the side of not necessarily needing to go full wasteland. So- if they tried to if they tried to burn it down and, and when we talk about like hey you guys should restart this thing no team ever does that no sure. team ever goes out and is like okay we're open for sale and like eight guys are gone <laughs> right like because if you're looking at the flames roster and you say okay you trade uh, Johnny Gaudreau's gone for nothing you've lost that it's over Makachuk uh, Makachuk's Mac- gonna get dealt here. And you're going to get a bounty for him. Now, I mean, you may not get as much uh, had they dealt him, say, a year ago. But the guy's coming off a 100-point season. He's 24 years old. He's a freaking RFA. They're not – it's not like they're – teams – the people are going to talk themselves into it. They have no leverage. Well, they have a really good goddamn player on their hands. They've got to – they don't have to do anything. They could stubbornly just watch this guy walk and just refuse to give them up to other teams. So uh, they don't have to do anything. They still have his rights. They can still do whatever they want. But you see with 
with the Flames, like, they have too many good players beyond this. I mean, we, you'd have to find homes for Blake Coleman, Elias Lindholm, Tyler Toffoli. Andrew Mangiapane is a pending RFA. He still had, doesn't have his next contract. And he's openly talked about being willing to sign a long-term deal there. So are you going to build around Andrew Mangiapane? Like, he becomes your Connor Garland. That becomes your best player overnight. You know, and they've got Jacob Markstrom at 32 years old, signed for four more years at $6 million. And then you get into their defense. Their defense is like, it's it's not like world class, right? But it's a solid group going all the way down. Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson, Chris Tanev, Nikita Zadorov, uh, Oliver Shillington needs a new deal. That's a really solid defense. Well, so what I'm, what I'm is, this is a long-winded way to say, I don't think that moving on from Kachuk should start necessarily a tear-it-down process. But I also think that if they don't pick a hard direction, hey, we're going to use the Kachuk trade. We're going to go after NHL talent to make to keep us here, or we're going to go after a lot of futures, and we are going to use the next year, year and a half to slowly move these guys out for value. So on the defensive side, I I think I agree with you. Hannafin's 25, Anderson's 25, Zadorov's only 27, Valimaki's only 23. They have a lot of... Shillington's 25. Sure. Young pieces are pieces just entering into what should be their prime. Their only real problem there is Tanev is 32, was injured a ton last year. We'll see. Yeah, Um, but that's the problem is that their best, like, defender, actual defender is old and broken. Yep. And And that's on the forward side... They have a lot more of that problem. Backlund's 33. Lucic exists and is 34. Trevor Lewis in their depth is 35. Even Coleman's 30 now, but that's a contract that's going to be impossible to move, basically. No way. Coleman's fine. You think? With if, they five, put Coleman, if, if they put Blake Coleman on the market right now, seriously, I have no I have no doubt. With no retention? I have no doubt they would find really? it. Really? All right. I have no doubt whatsoever. Four point, so for, for $4.9 million. Now, he's coming off of – he still has no 40-point seasons under his belt. He has a couple of 20-point seasons, and he's got some playoff heroics here, right? But I, Blake Coleman, like, I, you could talk me into the abs making a move for that guy because he's such a good fit. He would be such a good fit for them. He's a little, he's a little overpaid, and obviously the years are a lot, but that's a guy that teams would be hankering for immediately. They would be all over that guy. All right. Fair enough. Either way, it, it is where the decision kind of gets split for Calgary because it does feel like and the majority of that forward core only has two years left on their deals hurtling toward UFA. So it does feel like there's going to need to be some turnover, certainly in the forward core, regardless. And that is where that is where if they wanted to immediately start to try and retool. Like this, this is kind of a tough break because this they're trying to do this two weeks after teams spent their money. Sure, bad time. So the timing of this is bad, and that they the first real opportunity that they would have to really dig deep and remake this group would be at the deadline, uh, just because of how this has, has all played out. Like they'll move Kachuk sometime in the next few weeks, no doubt, but everything after that, I think we'll probably have to wait until deadline and beyond. But the I, I do I do think like look Trevor like a guy like Trevor Lewis come on that's not gonna be yeah that's an easy one like that's your perfect like deadline fodder yeah. right uh, Elias Lindholm coming off the year that he had 
Like, I'm sorry, but the first team that should be picking up that phone would be freaking Colorado. You want a 2C making less than $5 million who signed for the next two years? Pick up the phone! <laughs> like, that's where, like, that's your Alex Newhook deal. Like, that's, and that's what Calgary should be probably looking to do is if they do want to take that approach to it. Now, I think there was a really great point made earlier. The Pacific Division sucks. Mm-hmm. So they don't necessarily need to be like, future, future, future. They could they could try and trade Makachuk for NHL talent right now. Yeah. And just go for it. You know, just try to try to mitigate some of that. You know, to, I, I don't know. Boy, I don't know. But that's uh, – Who's going to be interested? Again, this is a really hard time to trade him because he's going to Macachuk's going to be an expensive guy. Who's going to deal for him? What are they going to be willing to give up? How do you make the money work? Because most teams aren't going to be able to absorb just a nine million dollar guy coming in. Yeah, as as Nazem Kadri has found out, has all these free agents that are still out there have found out the NHL spends all their money on day one of free agency, and then. <laughs> They got to figure it out the rest of the summer. So yeah, they're at Lake of the Woods, man. They're all out at the cabins. Yeah, they're all out there. Yeah, everyone in Canada has what? What do they call it up there? The cottage. Or yeah, whatever, cottage. Yeah. But yeah, you, you can't blow it down right now. You, you, it's just it's too late. Uh, you have to kind of go into the season and just adjust from there. And I think they just have too many good players to the where it's just going to be like a complete bomb of a season in that division, especially Markstrom. If, if Daryl Sutter's there and Markstrom's in net, they're still going to be able to play pretty well. So um, it's going to be tough, but they have, if they do decide to blow it up, you know, AJ went over their assets. They have a lot of guys that a lot of teams would be very interested in. And they could get a lot for it if they really truly decided to go in that, that direction of blowing it up, which so, they rarely ever do in Calgary. So let's shelve the blowing it up conversation for a second and try to take a look at realistic trade partners for Kachuk here. Uh, As AJ already mentioned, there's maybe 10 teams that could afford him outright. And most of those teams are bad. Um, Yeah. Or, or like they're bad or they are in a position where they're not like Makachuk's not. Doesn't make sense. Sure. Yeah. Like if you're the Dallas stars, (laughs) do you even have the assets to trade for, Makachuk right now? I guess you do if you did something irresponsible. Just give up all your first round picks forever. <laughs> yeah. He's too old. He doesn't fit their MO. I don't know, yeah, what they could even give up. I mean, yeah, they're not gonna like, trade a high skin in and they wouldn't. Yeah. Well, right, and like they're not gonna give up Robertson like, like, and off or something, or, yeah. Or Hintz, you know, like those are guys that you add Kachuk to to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the guys beyond that, I don't know that I don't know how much interest there is in Dallas's farm system. And Ottinger doesn't make sense as a target as a as a primary piece just because you've got Markstrom. Yep. So it's it's a really like it's it's a really weird group. Um, the the teams that we got the, that were listed the other day, and then we found out that that list isn't even accurate. No yeah. surprise. Like whatever. <laughs> Vegas, Vegas. I think we could probably remove Vegas unless they're willing to do. They'd have to do Jack some Eichel. insane stuff to make the money work. Yeah. Because even if they start with Shea Theodore, they they have to go beyond Shea. They would have to be like Shea Theodore and William Carlson. 
Yep. And if you're Calgary, that's the that's the kind of deal you're looking for if you're trying to stay competitive. If you're yeah. trying to stay competitive, a Carlson Shea Theodore combination is one that makes perfect sense to be like, hey, okay. I mean now Carlson again has been on this like very quiet, slow decline every year uh since since twenty eighteen, but um He's still like a quality two-way player, and at center, I don't know how much they would really need that. I, they might he might be more useful on the wing for them, but you know, obviously, and Shea Theodore would give them an element and another defender uh, in his prime that's signed that that would be useful. But outside of them doing something like that, I don't think Vegas would be a real a realistic possibility here. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to talk about St. Louis. It's that's like <laughs> the thing. Everybody knows that St. Louis is where he's from. Uh, it's where he would like to go. But say, I I don't think St. Louis makes the most sense because they don't have the cap room. They don't have any defensive prospects that uh, that that Calgary is going to want. And if you're if you're a team that's forced into giving up one of your best players like this, the first thing you want. All right, I want a good young defenseman. <laughs> Yep. Like that's the only time you that those guys ever get dealt is when you have a high end forward that has to be moved. So you're like, okay, I want a good young defenseman. All right, let's go and look at St. Louis's entire organization. Doesn't exist. Scott Perunovic is it. Best I can do is Scott Perunovic. End of list. <laughs> is is trading Pavel Buchnevich and Scott Perunovic enough to get Mac and Chuck there? Even if you add in first round picks. Ah boy. Maybe like, if it's like two firsts. I guess how much do you like Scott Perunovich? And Calgary is like desperate. I don't like him that much. I I like him as a young puck mover, but that dude that dude got the shit kicked out of him in limited, really limited yeah, minutes like against Colorado. Like they put him out there, they were like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna throw him out there for eight shifts, and six of them they kicked his head in." And you're just like, "Dude!" Now I get Colorado was a, a unique beast this year, uh, and that's a tough evaluation to just base it purely off that. That's not fair in any way. Uh, but like Perunovic is a guy that I think he's gonna be a really good puck moving defenseman in the NHL. I don't know how good of a defender he'll be. And that caps it. So if he ends up as your classic Tyson Berry-ish, all offense, no defense, probably a second-pairing guy, that's not a great piece to build a Kachuk deal around. It's it's a start, I guess. But you then do look at, you know, we all joke about the 920 goal scorers. Uh, I guess for me, I think it's Buchnevich as a 27-year-old uh, who could slide in and be a high a high offense guy for the Flames in Kachuk's old spot. You put him there. Like, okay. Uh, you, it's Scott Perunovich. Is that really enough? It, if if we add next year's first-round pick to it, is Scott Perunovich, Pavel Buchnevich, in a first-round pick? Is that is – that, are you? do you feel good about that if you're bad for living? I'm asking for a second first in that deal. I feel like garbage, especially after the week it just had. If that's the best you can get, you feel like garbage. If it's Tarasenko instead of uh, instead no. of Buchnevich, it's, it's worse, right? Really yeah. bad. With the only one even left. Sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only if if you're taking Tarasenko's contract, you're doing them a favor, and you're saying you got to give us Jordan Cairo. 
That's I mean, is that not where this should start anyway? Yeah, it should. Like if, nah, if I think it should start with Thomas, but it's for me. I don't think it starts with Thomas because they just give him an eight-year deal. Sure, I, I understand why it wouldn't, but if you're Calgary, you're like, look, we're about to give you a guy that's going to make more than that, dude. I think I think Kyrie would make sense. How? What are you adding to Kyrie from there then? Scott Perunovic. <laughs> still, still, still Perunovic, and still like a first. I, I think, I think it would definitely Kyrie and definitely a first. Okay. Um, I think you're going to have a really hard time. Kyrie, uh, coming off of a 75 point season, so you've bridged, you've gotten, you've literally gotten 75 percent of the way to Kachuk's production with the one guy. So yep. you can ask for, you can ask for something else. You can ask for the first round pick. It's not going to be a great pick, you know. St. Louis is going to be good enough that it should be. It should be in the twenties somewhere. Yep. But the other the other problem here is then Jordan Kyrou didn't make enough money yet. His RFA year is next year, so he doesn't make enough money. You need more money to come out with him than that in order to balance this because Kachuk's going to be nine million dollars. And I, I'm like roughly nine million is kind of like my mental marker there. Um, St. Louis is sitting on what a million dollars in space, not not quite a million dollars in space, depending on how you want to move a guy up or down. This, one of the seven fifty guys. So then what? Now you now you have a money problem. There's nothing where they're kind of in a tough to, spot right now. Yeah, there's not a ton great to take off St. Louis for a money problem. Because, like, you I can sell me on Kyrie. Like, sure, Kyrie's a great starting point, but you don't have the money to make that work. Whereas with the Buchanevich at 5.8, you've, you've solved some of your money problem. That There's still a money problem there because uh, you still have a, a little bit of a little bit of million or two here and there to go. But you're at least in the neighborhood. Yeah, their defense is just so. St. Louis's defense would be so hard to be happy with anything you'd be getting out of it. Okay, so here's my here's my follow up question after the series, after the postseason that he had. Daryl Daryl Sutter, being who he is, a very defensive oriented guy, he's not going to want to hang around for a rebuild. Colton Pareko. I I would. From Calgary's side, I would be all about it. I mean, Pareko's already 29. Sure, but he's super solid. He's not going to be your number one D. Like, I get it. I understand Pareko's limitations, but that's a guy you can drop into your top four and be very successful with immediately. If you're going for the non-rebuild style from Calgary here. Okay. And, like, obviously Calgary has to navigate what they're doing with Chris Tanev, but... Pareko dropping in as, as a number two or number three guy for them, I think makes that trade way more palatable. If you're getting Kairou and Pareko, like you're you're getting a good deal at that point. You would say no to Tori Krug, yeah. Definitely. Okay. I would also say no to Nick Letty. That's um, not even hard a conversation. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh I would look Justin Falk was really solid last year. I'd be open to it. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't immediately slam the door, but Either way, Pareko Falk, 29, 30 years old, you're talking about a guy that's in that age range as your centerpiece of your Matt Kachuk, 24-year-old 100-point scorer. 
right, the guy in our chat just keeps the guy in our chat just keeps saying he's gonna he's gonna force his way to St. Louis or whatever, but he's not gonna come cheaply. Yeah, Calgary is not just going to give him over because he wants to go to St. Louis. They're not just gonna be like, okay, we'll we'll, we'll take a couple of second round picks, you know, like. It's gonna. It's. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think they're gonna get Kyrie or Thomas. So here's a question that I've I've avoided for years because I hate talking about them because they never actually happen. But if you see this drag out a little bit, if maybe you see this Kachuk situation start to turn into a Ryan O'Reilly type situation, could we see an offer sheet potentially? Not from St. Louis. Yeah, obviously they don't have the money. But they don't. They don't have the picks either. Also true. What is, his would be like what four first round picks, something like that. Yeah, yeah it, it would probably have to be into that range. In which case, I think they would have the picks. There's got to be very few teams that could actually pull that off. Plus, you have to because you're just not giving any money back. Like you're just taking the contract. It's just yeah. so hard so, thing to do with a player of that caliber with how much money you're going to pay. Probably be two first, a second, and a third for him for the record I'm, on an offer sheet. I'm just not even. I'm not even entertaining offer sheet. Oh, this dude's right. Yes, because they filed for arbitration. Oh, that's oh. right. I forgot about arbitration yeah. already. That was fast. Yeah, so did I. You guys are correct. No offer sheets are possible, so we don't even have to waste any more time on Never this mind. stupid, stupid topic. <laughs> I hate offer sheets. I hate them so much. They're just they not should, a real thing. They should totally rule, but they don't. They should be a real thing. They just aren't. Yeah. The last, the last two offer sheets were a joke of one from Montreal that was never not getting signed by Carolina, and then one out of spite. Yeah, and then the revenge one that was yeah. a massive overpay. <laughs> Cool move, Carolina. Hey, the new deal he's getting on isn't that bad. Sure. I mean, it's better than the offer sheet. How about that? <laughs> so, anyway. yeah. So, I this this Kachuk thing, I think, remains fascinating um, because we don't like nobody out there really knows exactly like what Kachuk wants, where he would want to go, where he'd be willing to sign. Uh, but I, I also think just where Calgary is, um, makes this such an interesting conversation because sure. they're, what do you target? A bit, yeah. yeah. What do you target? Uh, what do you, what do you, how do you, how do you react to all of this? You're going to lose your two best players within a couple of weeks of each other. You lost one of them for free. You have an opportunity to not make that mistake again. Now what? And so I, it's just going to be, uh, I don't it's know, all, I think it's going to be interesting. It's all coming off of a, you basically got, you almost got embarrassed in the second round, losing five games to your, your rival there. You did you get had, embarrassed. You had a much better season, and now all of this happens. It's just Calgary fans have had a tough couple months, and it's not going to get any better. And I just... They, Eric Francis, I think he said they're gonna they're moving towards trading him by the end of the week, and I'm like, yeah, we'll we'll see. I thought Kadri would. I thought a lot of things would have happened in the last week, and it just hasn't because money is just you can't find money in the NHL right now. Like, yeah. these are hard deals to make. All right. Yeah, and some of the teams that do have the money 
that could offer at least a competitive situation have no reason to do it. Like, what? Well, Winnipeg is going to call up and offer Dubois for Kachuk straight up? You never I mean, know. If, you're, if you're Calgary, you're like, please do this. Please give us something like that, a, a young, talented NHL player to, to, to work with. But I don't uh, – I mean, obviously, he doesn't want to be in Calgary. He's not going to want to be in freaking Winnipeg. So, that's probably – You know, like – and that's the other wrinkle of this is, like, is he giving them a list? Is there really a list of six teams where he's like, yeah, I'd totally be open to that? Or is it just, like, I want to go to one place and only yeah. one place? And can can Calgary give in to that kind of demand? Because if Makachuk is out there telling teams, I only want to play for one team, you know, you're you're 24. You're still an RFA. You haven't you haven't gotten to UFA. You haven't earned the right to pick where you play yet. You know, like we all let Adam Fox do it because he was nobody at the time, but it was bullshit then and it's bullshit now. The list was hilarious too. Like, what what is Nashville doing on here? Right. Like, I get they have no taxes there, no state taxes, but come on. Yeah. Something I did want to talk about in a little bit here, but we are brought to you by Green Chef. You can go over there, and it can help you navigate whatever lifestyle you want, whatever type of food you're eating, whether it be a keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free diet, or if you're just looking to eat more balanced meal. It doesn't have to be any specific diet of any kind. Green Chef gives you a range of recipes to suit your preference. Every week, they give you up to 24 meals to choose from, so you can pick and choose which meals look best for you every week. They give you a bunch of options. And honestly, I think they're super delicious, especially their proteins. Absolutely amazing. Their chicken and, and steak and all of that is just super duper high quality, super good stuff. So if you haven't checked them out yet, it's a great time to go do it. They're the number one meal kit for eating well with seasonal produce, premium proteins, and organic ingredients that you can trust. So check out Green Chef today. Highly recommend you get in on it. They, of course, take care of all their stuff on the back end with uh, a 100% of their carbon footprint being uh, offset. So... They're doing all the good stuff. Go to greenchef.com slash dnbravs135 uh, and use the dnbravs135 code to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. Again, that's greenchef.com slash dnbravs135, the number one meal kit for eating well. We're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. When you go over there and use code DNVR, you can get your first deposit on a new account matched up to $1,000. So that's an extra 1000 bucks to play with over at DraftKings where you can go bet on uh, all sorts of, of crazy nonsense. AJ was talking about pickleball before the show. I'm sure you can bet on some of that. Uh, you can bet on real tennis, too, if that's more your thing. So. Take your pick on that front. You can bet on all sorts of craziness, uh, top to bottom over there with DraftKings. If it's a sport, if you've heard of it, you can probably bet on it in some way or another. Or, you know, you can keep it simple and, and just pick something related to hockey. Why not pick Kale McCarr to win the MVP next year? You could do that. It's allowed. Might not hit but it's allowed. Uh, go over to DraftKings today. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-522-4700. 
Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Do we have more thoughts about Kachuk or are we good? I mean, I could talk about it all day, man. I think it's interesting. <laughs> but betting, betting places are already putting out the odds of where he's getting traded, things like that. Just there you go. You know, the devils are popping up everywhere because they missed out on Gaudreau. Mm-hmm. And, and they do have some assets that they could give up. Mm-hmm. Team that makes sense. So I, I did want to get to the main topic of today, and I am a bit curious about how this relates to Kachuk because we've had a lot of questions on uh, why are certain places seen as more of a destinations in the NHL than others. Uh, we've talked a lot about places like Florida, places like Tennessee, places like Vegas that have no income tax. Uh, so from a money standpoint, Just keep more of the money that you make. Yeah, and that's an advantage for those places. Um, there's also things like weather. There's, the historic, historically successful teams do tend to do a little bit better, um, especially when you get younger players who grew up watching those types of teams. But, AJ, I, I think you put this best when you had your, your most important factor when it comes to where, where a guy signs. So if you want to sell us on that. You mean just like my list of... Yes, that's exactly yeah. what I mean. Basically, so basically it's it's a couple of things drive all these decisions. You know, it's it's money, obviously. It's geography, guys that want to go back home, guys, whatever, whatever. And it's relationships, guys that want to play for certain coaches or they were drafted by a GM or they, you know, whatever. Well, there's so many behind-the-scenes relationships that drive decision-making across the entire NHL. You don't ever you don't ever see a, a player acquired or a player signed totally randomly. About the closest thing we've seen might be this Gaudreau thing, and then he comes out and he's like, "I've known Eric Robinson for twenty years," and you're like, "Cool." Who? Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's like those are those are the things that really drive a lot of these decisions and. Winning is tied in somewhere with all of those. You know, how, how important is winning? Sometimes not very. Sometimes you're just like, bag, 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 give me the money. Because, you you know, you are going into free agency. And then when free agency doesn't go your way, you could do a Cadre's dealing and be like, I really, I really, contenders only, please. Uh, as the market kind of fizzles out on him, right? It's like, ah, winning teams sound good. Uh, so it's like winning is always tied in there somewhere, uh, but rarely I think is it for guys, especially looking for multi-year deals, you know, a 34 year old Darren Helm goes into free agency. Him signing with Colorado makes a lot more sense than him signing in like LA or something where he's just going to go there. Exist you know, for a little while. Exactly. Like you, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a million dollars, no matter where you go, you might as well go to a contender. Yeah. Like okay, great. But the way that the way that these destinations kind of get decided, and it's different for every guy. We all have our lists. If we all like off the top of your head, if you had a, a if you had a six team or a six city no trade list where we could not DNVR could not trade you to any cities, what what would those six cities be? Buffalo, Winnipeg, probably Calgary and Edmonton. 
maybe Montreal. Wow, Rudo hates Canada. <laughs> That's what we're learning. Ottawa's fine. Toronto's yeah. fine. I'm the weirdo who hates hot weather, so I'd be like, sorry, Arizona. Oh, I'd be, see, me, I, Florida's out. No Tampa Bay, no Florida, no Toronto, no Montreal. Uh, and then I'm not going to Dallas. I'm, I'm I'm not going. I'm not going to Buffalo either. That's just not yeah, happening. Buffalo would be. I'm at five of six, and I haven't even made hard choices here. Agreed. It, the the first like five are like nope, 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 nope. All right, moving on with my life. <laughs> right away, between the three of us, we have a little bit of a difference here. Yep. Obviously, I'm more open to Winnipeg than other people. <laughs> Can't imagine Thanks. why. Love you. Um, but it's. You know, like, but that's the thing, though, is that we all have different situations. We all have different priorities that drive these decisions. The three of us, a perfect example, it's not that different when team, when players get into free agency. They look at their situation and they build from there. Okay, which team is offering me opportunity? Which team is offering me money? Which team is offering me a chance to win the Stanley Cup? Where am I in my life? Which one of these things is more important? So... Is it strictly geography when it comes down to teams that feel like perennially it's tough for them to get players like Winnipeg to a certain extent, like a, a team like Calgary? Uh, teams, I think, I think it it's tough. I think the way that you overcome that is uh, you just have to create a certain culture where you get guys in. You know you're not going to be a hot destination for guys coming from the outside. But you get guys into your system. You get guys into your organization. They're comfortable. They like it. I mean, again, uh, relationships, right? Those players yes. like it there. They tell other players, hey, I like it here. Yeah, and you saw a little bit of that in Columbus's most successful era where, you know, the with Panarin. And we, we remember, like, Panarin, Bobrovsky, Duchesne, and all those guys. But keep in mind, the Nick Felinos and the Cam Atkinsons like drove a lot of those that team getting successful to begin with. So I think that uh, that's that's also where you're having that conversation. You know, that's that's what you're looking at is if you can overcome, you're not a destination in the NHL. You have to be excellent at one of these other ones. One of these other aspects, you you know, and it helps Vegas, it helps the Nashville, it helps the Florida teams all the time. It helps them, and not even just in high, it helps them in all the sports. You know, players well, players want to play for the Miami Heat because the Miami's culture, but also the taxes. It's just a, it's a great setup for players there. The weather, all of that is stuff that appeals to those guys. You know, all of that is stuff that appeals to hockey players too. How many? Especially Russian players. How many Russians live in Miami in the offseason? It's like all of them, dude. They're like, I'm never going back to Siberia. I'm gonna go to Miami. This rules. So, you know, like you have to if you're gonna be one of those destinations, if you're a Calgary, if you're a Calgary, it what are you? What are you good at? What do you what do you excel at? What do you sell your organization on? Is it really just bad luck that they got two American players who had to be their happen to be their best players that just want to go home? That just because both of these like Gaudreau got close to home, you know we we know that he turned down the Devils, but that it's been pretty widely stated at this point that his preference was to go to the Flyers, yeah. which is really where he was from. 
so he wanted to go home. All the Kachuk stuff centers around St. Louis. He wants to go home. And especially in a post-COVID world where we all live through things. And anybody, any, anybody that was out there that had to live through relationships or family where you could not get to your people going back and forth across the border, you're saying, I don't ever want to deal with this. Again, I'm going to get close to them. I'm going to make sure that I'm I'm always a stone's throw away from, from these guys no matter what happens for the rest of my career. So I think a lot of that drives it. And for Calgary, I legitimately feel bad for the Flames here because I think this is just a case of two guys that just – it wasn't anything – it wasn't like – like we've seen some people have had not nice things to say about Buffalo, about Winnipeg. I think in this case it's mostly just – it wasn't that they didn't want to be in Calgary. It was they wanted to be somewhere else. People say bad things about Buffalo, but when Buffalo was on a great team, like in the mid, you know, late 2000s, that era with Briere and Drury, like that, that city is always like at the top of NHL ratings. Like if they could just put together a good team, I think players would want to go there. It's just that they, their organization's kind of a mess right now. But it, it just varies by player, and I think the one guy we saw that kind of was on a little bit of both sides is Claude Giroux. Like, he said he wanted to go to Florida. Uh, people in Colorado are still kind of holding that against him, that he didn't want to come to Colorado. But I think a big reason – and I think the other thing we didn't talk about is travel. If, if you've been playing in the East your entire career, travel is so much easier if you're – than rather than going out to the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, and – you know, I think Giroux, a big reason why he wanted to go to Florida was just because it's easier to get back to his family. He's a lot closer to them. And now we're seeing, and we all thought he wanted to win, and now he goes and signs with Ottawa. Who, where he's from. Yeah, where he's from. Goes home. And we just assume, you know, they're not going to win the Stanley Cup next season, but we think they're a better team. But he's he didn't go there because he's going to win the Cup. He went there because of family. Mm-hmm. And it just varies by player, and winning is not always going to be at the top of the list. And I mean, because Columbus sure is not going to win the Stanley Cup next well, year. Let's let's be real here. Let's look at the last couple of years. Sorry, at the, let's look at the last couple of years of big free agent signings. How many of them could you argue that winning drove? Artemi Panarin going to New York when they were in the middle of their he didn't know that yeah. they were about to win two lottos, and getting Chris Kreider was going to have a fifty point season drop out of the fucking sky. You know, like there are. There are a number of these. You go and look at a lot of these free agent signings, and you, you can't really argue that winning is priority there. The last one that really said they wanted to win was Taylor Hall, who ended up going to Buffalo. <laughs> now, everyone knew he was going to get traded to Boston, to be fair, but still was an indirect path at best to a team that he thought could win. So, yeah. The teams that can win the Stanley Cup usually don't have the cap space to just dump a bunch of money into free agents so you kind of just go with what's what are your other priorities as a player what matters most to you and you know we are kind of seeing that the tax thing has come into play a little bit where some teams have the advantage tampa bay can sign these guys you know kucherov to maybe less you know stamco signed less there than he would have gotten in toronto because he's going to take that money home like he's not going to lose a lot to taxes so that plays a role but yeah, it just varies by player, and you shouldn't hold anything against them for what they want to do, especially when it comes down to family. Like, Yeah, for sure. All right, and we all have family. 
like yeah. the backlash, the backlash from certain fan bases against players is just yeah, that's it. Kind of varies, you know. Like, like my 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 anger about the Tavares stuff for the for has always been about the fact that at the trade deadline he said, "Don't deal me." Yeah, I want to be here. Don't do this. And then he gets into free agency and he posts this fucking picture of him all curled up in his little fucking bed sheets and whatever. <laughs> and you're just like, that feels bad. That does I mean, not like Johnny Gaudreau didn't do any of that. He did not specific that we yeah, know of. It, he didn't. He didn't go and say, "Hey, do not deal me." You know, I understand people in Calgary have been frustrated and they're saying, "Oh, we wish he'd been a little more transparent." But also, the organization chose to ride it out with him. They chose to take that chance and and ride it the same way that the Avs chose to ride it out with Paul Stasny back in the day. They chose to let him get to the to let that relationship get to that point. They chose to turn down the proposed deal at the deadline of Paul Stasny for Ryan Kessler one for one that was sitting in front of them when Kessler had more time on his contract than Stasny did. They they chose that knowing that they might have to lose that player off the top. You know, like Calgary put themselves in that in that position and look, they were a winning team. Okay, but now you 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 understand you take that risk with with the ufa kachuk's telling them i won't be here there's a difference between player agency and actively lying to the team you're playing for right absolutely you don't want to feel like you're misleading them because you're too afraid to say i guys i don't think i'm gonna stay here and with gaudreau it sure seemed like he was uncomfortable with the idea of staying there but i because i mean you don't get into bonus structure and all that stuff. If you don't, if you don't want to be there, you don't not seriously considering it. Yeah, it, and and it just seemed like once he got, once the Flames contract offer got to where it got, where they were like, "Look, we've given you so much here. We've got an eight-year deal on the table. It's a ton of money. You've got the bonus structure that you've asked us for. All you have to do is just say yes." And it got to that point where push came to shove, and he just he, it wasn't in his heart, and he had to get to that moment to know. And I think that I think that really, really, really sucks for the Flames. But they also let themselves get to that position. Yep. You know, the, the year before cut that tie anytime they wanted to. The year before, the Avs were in the exact same position with Gabe Landeskog. They offered the eighth year and what won out. Landy truly didn't want to leave. So he didn't leave. The Avs gave him just enough of an excuse for him to be able to say yes. He said yes, and obviously everybody is very happy about how things have gone. But had they not offered that eighth year, you know, you never – we don't know. That dude That dude would be a New York Islander right now, and I would be the world's most conflicted human being. Uh, yeah, it's – if you're the Flames right now, like, yeah, it sucks. But with Kachuk, at least you're like, well, thanks for telling us now and not like dragging this on any further to where we have another Goudreau situation where we just lose you for nothing. Now you can get some for it. Yeah. Now you can decide you can pick a direction for your franchise. Hey, we're a pretty good hockey team. We're probably still a playoff team. If we go in and use Kachuk to get another NHL player, a Buchnevich or a Kairou or, you know, whatever the, the, the guys that we've talked about on the show. Very quickly, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get that wherever Kachuk ends up going in the States. So be sure to jump on it, unless you're in Canada, where you probably can't get it yet. But 
in the States, you can definitely get your hands on it. You go to your local liquor store, find it there. You can go to breckbrew.com to see the dozens of beers they have to offer. And, of course, there's some other dope merch as well. So go check it out. And then make sure you're taking care of your teeth. Green Mountain Dental, just 15 minutes from downtown. The best family dentist in the Denver metro area. You can get over there when you get a cleaning, x-ray, and exam with them. They give you a free Sonicare toothbrush so you can take care of your teeth better at home, too. Highly recommend you check these guys out. Everyone who switched for us has said they do an amazing job. Nobody loves the dentist, right? But they make sure they're taking care of you. They make sure they get you what you need. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group today to take care of your teeth and get that free Sonicare toothbrush. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. It's... It is weird because I do I do want to talk about the winning side of going places a little bit more. I know we've talked about in recent history there hasn't been a ton of that. But I look at teams especially like Edmonton where you have a bunch of kids that grew up you're starting to move away from that era now, but especially in the in the 2000s and and up to 2010 and and even a little bit beyond idolizing that Edmonton team that was, you know, maybe the best mm-hmm. hockey team ever. And it's it's just incredible to watch how 20 years later having a run like that can continue to bring in such high-quality talent to one franchise. So uh, my question there is, do older franchises like Edmonton, like the original six teams, do they hold a little bit of an advantage there in bringing, bringing players in? I think absolutely. I mean, if you're, look, I put, I put Montreal and and Toronto on my, on my like no trade list or whatever, but if I'm an NHL player and I get drafted by the Canadians, like there's so much history there. There's so much, pride and there's so much passion in that crazy ass fan base how do you not feel like insanely excited to be part of that history and part of that heritage i don't i don't know like i i I do think that there's uh i do think that there is an element of mystique to that you know the uh, adam fox grew up a rangers fan and told a bunch of organizations he had no interest, right? He only wanted to be a New York Ranger. And he was good enough to get his wish. If you're good enough, you can just decide to do things. So, you know, like there's, I do think that, you know, you have to be from St. Louis to grow up and want to be like, oh, I'm dying to be a St. Louis Blue. You know, you have to be from Denver to, to really, to have a good chance of growing up or, you know, your team has to be insanely good. As we've seen, some of these guys grew up Avs fans, you know, because Gabe Landeskog had a Peter Forsberg poster as a, as a kid. Like, 03 era. Yeah, yeah because because he was an all-time great from his country who happened to be an Avs. So, so some of those guys, you know, some of those guys ended up Avs fans, and then they ended up on the Avs and doing the thing and then becoming those guys. And it's, it's, it's great, right? Like, but... Outside of something like that, like the those teams, those teams, I think the original six do have kind of the tradition and the history. Man, if you're if you're the New York Rangers, you get to, yeah, come play all of your home games in one of the most glamorous glitzy cities in the world. But also, you play in Madison Square Garden, 
a sports cathedral. Yeah. Or hey, you can go play at Ball Arena. <laughs> a lot of these, you I mean, know, you think about all these Canadians that grew up in like super small cities with like one rink, two rink. Yeah. Yeah, the big, big, the big stage is gonna appeal to you. And you do have to be wired differently to play in places like that because you're going to be under more scrutiny. Uh, but, I mean, you even look at a guy like Kadri who drafted high, took a lot of heat in his yeah. year. And even after all that, he didn't want to go anywhere. Like, he didn't want to get traded because he wanted to play there. Like, yeah. he was from that area. So, you got to be built differently. But, yeah, there's a lot of appeal, especially these small-town guys to see – I mean, why wouldn't you want to play in New York? Like, Yeah. I mean, if you go on a free agent tour and the Canadiens or the Maple Leafs, you know, the, the I, I, I would say more the Canadiens right now because they've at least won something meaningful in this lifetime. Um, but, like, one of those teams calls you up and you're like, oh, I'm going to go see the city. And you go and you see the city. And, you know, one of, the, one of those cities is Montreal, which is – I've never been, but everybody that's ever been there has always said it's a gem of a city. And uh, you go to Toronto, and there's oh, it's it's like hockey mecca, right? Like you're right there. The Hall of Fame is right there. Like you're in the shadow of the greats every time you lace them up for one of the one of the most storied organizations across all of North American sports. Like that's gonna mean something to you. You know, it's just it's different for the I think for those teams and for the Rangers it's a little different. The Bruins, I think it's a little different than say the Detroit Red Wings, and maybe that's just because I can't stand the organization and think it all should burn. But my bias aside, like I do think that those organizations have that extra cachet and that's great. That just means all the others have to figure out what they're great at and what they can sell. And for you know, bringing this back full circle. If you're the Calgary Flames, what do you sell? You don't have you you have an arena that is such a dump that you're been trying to build a new every, one for years. Yeah. Everybody agrees something's got to be done here. They just can't agree on how to do it, what to do with it. But know that they need to do theirs, and uh, know that they need an uh, they need something new there. They don't have a particular winning history. Their biggest claim to fame in a while is that they probably got screwed in 2004. So, okay, like, that's great. But what do you sell guys on? How do you keep guys there? You know, if you're the Winnipeg Jets, what do you do? How do you, if you're the Ottawa Senators, how do you keep guys there? Because there's been, a, there's been an exodus from those, from those cities yeah. at various times. You see the flock, the, the whole generation, that just get rid of them, get it, got to move them all out. And it's it's hard to, it's hard to watch, man. When when because you know something's wrong there. You have a it's not just the city. You have a culture problem when everybody in your organization is just like, I gotta get the hell out of here, man. You got you got bigger problems than where you're located. Fair enough. Um, all right. Yes, the Avs did sign Keaton Middleton. He was an RFA, and they QO'd him. So no big surprise there popped up on my phone in the middle of the pod it said abs yeah. resign i was like oh god what's happening <laughs> nothing <laughs> that, is a, that is a nothing burger mm-hmm. keaton middleton was coming back either way he'll play defense in the ahl for the eagles yeah Eight. um all right any big strong yep thick boy yeah. uh any anything else you guys want to touch on or final thoughts here 
Uh, I am. I mean, the Kachuk stuff we said, it's going to be interesting to watch because, one, he is a great player. Like, mm-hmm. any team that gets him, yeah, they're going to have to give up a lot, but they're getting a really good player who is a complete pain in the ass to play against. And those are very rare to find in the NHL. I know it's not a competitor necessarily, but if Calgary moves out Kachuk, are they a team that could just throw silly money at Kadri? Yeah, they already are after they lost Kadro. Yeah. They were already in that space. The the thing is, is where does he play? You just lost two wings. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, are you going to drop him as your 2C, I guess? Uh, Kind of a strange spot there, so. Yeah, fair enough. It's it's just sort of like a weird like that guy doesn't really like solve like yeah it's it's it really would be like putting a bandaid on a bullet hole man because you're just like ah, I feel, I've got to feel I I feel like I'm doing something here yeah. but you're not you're not really addressing any of your issues you're still you're bleeding not, out exactly yeah. you're not you're not fixing anything you're just doing something for the sake of doing it at that point which yeah. will make you feel better, better in the immediate. Yeah, if they do that, then then it does seem like they'd be picking the direction of we're not blowing this thing up. We're going, yeah, for we're sure. Going for it. Yeah. And I guess that's a direction. At least you're picking one. Well, and that's the thing. Pick one. And if they go out and they say, hey, we will give Kadri an irresponsible contract, we are going to trade Buchnevich for – or uh, Kachuk for a Buchnevich or a Kairu, like a win-now player that we're like, we're not worried about all this other sh- – we want this guy. Buchnevich preferred because he signed for the next three years. So you're good, right? Like you're like, yeah, that's what we want. Let's go get that guy and let's let's try and win with this group again in our shitty division. I will ask, are you guys a little surprised that Makachuk hasn't been a better playoff player so far in his career? Uh, I, I, you know, it hadn't really bothered me until this year. Like I can like his his rookie year. He's a rookie in the NHL. Like, right. You, you, there's expectations just aren't there. Yeah. Right? Like, e- erase it. It's whatever. But years three and four doesn't really do much. He didn't really do much in the Colorado series uh, a couple years ago. Game one. Like, just didn't really, didn't really do a whole lot there. And then 10 points in 12 games in this last run. So it's not atrocious. It's not like he's been... A ghost where you're like, this guy disappears. I just, it just seems like to me, like that. That's a guy that was. I I look at him so much as this generation's Claude Lemieux, and in the postseason, we just he haven't gotten it. He hasn't risen to the big moment yet. Yeah, really, right. Like that's the guy you want to be scoring that big goal for you, and it hasn't happened. Yeah, because we talk like a lot of people. We joke about Johnny Gaudreau, and I went and I dug through a bunch of numbers before this postseason run on, on Johnny Gaudreau, and he had been one of the worst all-time among prolific regular season scores. And then Gaudreau finished this, this playoff run with 14 points in, in 12 games. And you're like, I mean, what more are you asking him? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Kachuk had four goals in the playoffs, and three of them were in that yeah, wild-ass game like one. Eight to six, nine to six game one against Edmonton, yeah. 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 And so and you just feel like, where is one he? One point the rest of the, of the series. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's a big reason that they lost is 
McDavid, McDavid and Drysaddle showed up and ate greedy against the Flames, and yep. the Flames stars didn't. And for me, I thought, boy, the physicality, the mean streak, all this stuff, this is going to play perfectly into Mac and Chuck's wheelhouse. Honestly, I was pretty let down by him in that postseason series. Yeah, I mean. And that stuff, it carries a weird amount of weight in the NHL. Like those like 10 games where you're like, oh, well, well, what did he do in the playoffs? And, you know, he's like, I'm all in on Josh Manson coming back to the abs because of the postseason because I'm an idiot who's living in the moment and I'm getting caught up in what I was watching in that one limited sample run. And when that contract is a giant albatross in two years, I'm going to be looking back like I was fucking stupid back then. <laughs> That's how the NHL works. Baby. Exactly. Like Teams make mistakes based on postseason shit all the time. It's so easy to get caught up into it. And Mackinchuk coming off a 100-point season, I, just, I guess I just thought that if there was a postseason that was set up for him to really go hard uh, – that getting getting the Oilers in round two, I was like, dude, he should just bully all of them. This is it. This is his time. What Neanderthal Zach Cassian is going to be the guy that stops him? Like, give me a break. And instead, he kind of shrank from that moment. Stopped himself a little bit. Would that be a thing that you think about if you're trading for him? That he kind of shrank from that Oilers series? Like, that's your blood rival. Nope. Not worried about it. Yeah, especially if you're like a, a Devils. You're just like, we just want to get there. <laughs> We'll take the playoffs. I mean, it's probably in the back of your head, but at some point you got to be like, he's too good of a player for this to continue yeah, happening. A guy that had a 100-point season is still only 24. Mm-hmm. Don't talk yourself out of a great hockey player. Well, that like point. He has 10 points in, in 12 postseason right. games. It's Again, not like it's a disaster. It's, it's not yeah. like it was a two-point performance where you're like, he was brutally bad. Right. <laughs> so, that would be a tough one. I... I Okay. I, I think Evan put it well. It's probably something that crosses your mind, but I don't think it's a deal breaker by any means. I remember for years early in Marion Hosta's career when he couldn't score in the playoffs, and people were like, "This guy's not going to get it done." Mm-hmm. Like it's just it, especially when you're young and you've never been there. Sometimes, you know, it is. We've seen it's it's a little bit of a different game in the playoffs, and you think Kachuk would have based on how he plays, but you know, he still has time to figure that out. For sure. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up today's show. We appreciate all of y'all so very much hanging out with us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Jesse might be doing an interesting show tomorrow. I need to talk to him. Uh, if not, it'll be the usual crew here live uh, one way or another. Doing some eBay shopping? Yeah, it's probably next Friday. It's probably next Friday that we're doing eBay shopping. But uh, we know here. Yeah. eBay shopping. Speaking of speaking of dope merch, man, I went and bought uh, our gear today on our own website. The, the Cup Champ gear. Yeah. Man. Normally, I just go into the bar and I'm just like, Mitch, grab me a couple of things, and I he rings me up and I walk out of there. You know what? I also I got two of the shirts. I got both sticker packs. Yeah. I really liked them both. I can't wait to put those stickers on my water bottle. It's all fire. All of it is fire. Like the Landy shirt is so cool. It's so good, dude. I agree. It's, it's so dirty. good. Yeah. Anyway, go check out our shirts, DNVR Locker. If you want to get a DNVR membership, an annual membership, it gets you a shirt for free. So check out that one. Again, we love you all. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, we'll talk to you later.